Welcome back to the show at Cornwall Avenue and Arbutus Street on July 20. A five-year-old was critically injured in a car crash. On July 20th, a Vancouver man was walking home with his three young children after playing tennis at Kitsilano Beach. As they waited to cross the street at Cornwall and Arbutus, two cars would collide at the intersection. One vehicle jumping the curb, pinning his five-year-old daughter to the light post. She had a massive wound on her leg, opened, flesh, fat, broken bones, everything. I could see it. And I grab her and I start screaming her name. Then I look at my two boys, if they're alive. And I check them, they were still standing. The daughter surviving her injuries, but faces a long recovery. His two sons unhurt, but like him, traumatized. Now, as the family begins to move forward, they are finding ICBC's no fault or enhanced care model difficult to process. Unhappy because... They are unable to hire a lawyer to help with the complexity of the claim. But the family says communication has been delayed and the new model does not allow for victims like them to hire a lawyer to sue for things like pain, suffering and future earnings. Emadagahi, Global News. That was Emadagahi for Global News telling uh, the story of a five-year-old who's critically injured in a car crash on July 20th in Vancouver. Our guest is Seth Wielden. He's a lawyer at Presler Injury Lawyers. Hello, Seth. Good morning. Seth, first of all, how is that little girl doing now? I don't have direct contact with her, but, um, I, you know, she's in the recovery process. And it's really quite tragic. Because when you're at your worst, you really need an advocate to help you get the care that you need. And ultimately, under this current system, you're on your own. They have these complex regulations. You're in a time of trauma and recovery. And people are asked to review hundreds of pages of complex legal documents without someone helping them navigate the system. And essentially, ICBC has taken away your right to hire a lawyer to help you with that process. And I think it's really disappointing, but unsurprising, given the new legislation. So we have talked about the new, that legislation on the program before, but for those of you who are new to it, can you explain how ICBC's no-fault policy works? So essentially, from May of last year, you no longer have the right to sue. And they've taken away a lot of rights of accident victims. So one example is income loss. Historically, judges in the courts for a long time assessed income loss based on what you would have earned. But ICBC are now taking that right away. Now, you do do get some money for income loss, but let's just say you're on the cusp of being a Red Seal plumber or a dentist. You're maxed out at 50 grand a year, whereas their income clearly would be multiples of that amount. Um, And essentially, you know, since David Eby called ICBC a dumpster fire, Instead of changing what's going on there and their culture, which is adversarial by its nature, they've given more power to ICBC. So uh, it's really Orwellian that they want to call this enhanced care when they're stripping your rights away. I mean, to me, the obvious solution is to look at other options because, you know, they had a monopoly and they were unsuccessful in managing it. Instead of changing the culture there, they've just given them more power. It's counterintuitive. 
Yeah. And I hear, gosh, almost on a weekly basis from listeners who say they were, uh, they fell victim to ICBC's no fault policy that they were, you know, even today, somebody wrote me saying that they got uh, hit by a car when they were on their bike and how no longer having that right to sue is, is very challenging. And the no fault policy is especially controversial when uh, you mentioned, you mentioned there the income loss that you can't claim it in the same way that you used to well we all know that the impacts just the even the psychological impact of getting in an accident or a crash is is massive what kind of toll does it take on people i you know i've i've represented people with all kinds of injuries and the devastating ones it's just you know I, people can live up, end up on the streets at times uh, because physically they're not well, financially they're insecure, and psychologically it can ruin someone when they've lost their career. So they need all the help they can get. And, you know, ICBC often says, well, if there's criminal charges, then you still have a right to pursue a claim. The problem with that is that uh, accident victims have no control over whether the RCMP or police lay charges. So you've lost that autonomy. A lot of penalties are just administrative, so they don't count as a criminal criminal conviction. And then, you know, if the defendant is drinking and driving and passes away, there can't be a conviction. And then uh, the, the person who's done this is now personally liable. So even in the rare situation you can advance this claim, they end up with an empty judgment because no one will pay for it. So it's just like in the article that you cite, uh, the representative for ICBC mentions this yet again, but it's just, it's an empty promise. Yeah. And then that article also, um, the father of the children and of the five-year-old child that was hit says that the kids don't feel safe at home within visual range of the accident location. And when they see that corner, they start to scream, thinking that a car might hit them. That's like a trauma response, I guess. Now, what do you think ICBC should do? What should the province be doing instead of this no-fault policy? Well, I mean, they could manage their resource effectively. That would be one thing. And frankly, they did. Before they brought in no fault, they made $1.5 billion, but they still stripped away your rights. So they could go back to the system where there's a cap on some damages. Um, They could also open it up to other insurers who know how to manage a resource like insurance for the province of British Columbia. There's no reason ICBC needs to be the only option in town. But what they should be doing in this specific case is allowing her to have representation because, you know, in my firm, we have someone solely dedicated to making sure someone gets the care they need when we're representing them. And in this case, he said she doesn't even have a psychologist. Well, I mean, there shouldn't be any question about care in this enhanced care world. But the reality is... Sorry, they, just to clarify there, Seth, the five-year-old doesn't have a psychologist? The, do- the, the, the father in that article yeah. said that they haven't even assigned a psychologist yet. Wow. Clearly, they're dealing with significant trauma. And they need to be seeing people. But, you know, I've had clients who come to me and ICBC hasn't answered their emails for weeks or months. So imagine you're in this state where you need to access care. It's called enhanced care and no one's responding to you and they're not facilitating the care that they've promised you. It's just 
it's really tragic. Seth, it seems like there's only public outcry about the ICBC no-fault policy when something like this happens. How do we get this in the public uh, forum more so people are discussing it? Well, um, there will be a lawsuit challenging it. And it, it's, it's not easy litigation, but the trial lawyers are advancing this. And uh, a poor man who is a lawyer, uh, I believe he was a corporate lawyer on the island, uh, was tragically injured. And I believe, you know, he has lost uh, of use of his limbs. And he's challenging this no-fault regime. But I mean, I just think, why can't we take a step back and just look at what's going on here? ICBC gives you 110 bucks and tells you everything's great. They haven't announced their profits for the last year. I don't think they're giving you 110 bucks because they had a bad year. And the year before, again, they made 1.5 billion and then they took away your rights. So if they're, if they're profitable, why can't we consider actually taking care of people who get hurt and penalizing those people who caused those damages? I mean, we've done it for a long time, and ICBC essentially just didn't like the outcomes of what judges thought was fair. And so they took away your rights. It just it doesn't have to be this way. Seth, thanks so much for coming on our program and explaining that to us. You have a great day.